It works. So that's, we did it. We did we it, got, man. We, got, we did we it. Got it. And you still look good. So were you were you gigging before the pandemic happened? Like, were you gigging often? Not that much. No, no really? Not really that much. Mm. I was doing a lot of playing, but I wasn't out playing with, let's say, a band. Um, they, that kind of, like, was on a down slope. Uh, and it was kind of like, we played this uh, one particular gig uh, steadily and... Uh, and the, the business kind of went down a little bit, mm-hmm. I noticed, and uh, didn't have music anymore. Yeah. We were just band to play there, and then they closed the place. So That's I mean, crazy. Whatever happened there, you know. I don't, but it wasn't uh, the band that broke up. It was just that the gig kind of, like, subsided, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot, a lot of things happened with uh, with the sickness and stuff with the band. And this one fellow passed away. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but so you know, it just kind of dissolved on its own, you know. Yeah, because we were gigging, we had gigs lined up, and then all of a sudden, you know, the pandemic started getting a little bit more worse and worse. Um, where everything started getting canceled. Poeta had two shows, mm-hmm. uh, we canceled them because we're releasing new music soon, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, cool. I'll have to send you over some of the files. Um, and yeah, so we never really got a hold of what we were able to do and new jersey's i think besides new york is one of the more shut down states with everything going on so mm. and thankfully you're still teaching online for music forte and if you have any other students so that's pretty I had some students some private students that i had here you know but i think i'm going to because of this whole situation they may uh stop that you know yeah, yeah. people come over here and I'll just do the students that were at Music Forte and, and keep those on. So we have like a lot of, each day, one, two, three, four, five days I've been doing this over the internet, mm-hmm. you know, and Saturdays, too. I have a couple of students as well, and they just, uh, their parents actually started being concerned, so they said, hey, listen, let's just reschedule when this is all over and done with, which I'm right. totally comfortable with, because yeah. mm-hmm. um, the in-person um, was just so effective for him. And I said, and I gave him like a list of things to do. Hey, work on your rudiments, um, mm. work on your singles, doubles, triples. I mean, uh, the one student's nine, the other student is 11. So, I mean, you know, just to make sure that they're constantly doing something and they actually enjoy listening to songs when I teach them. So that's, that's pretty cool. It's rewarding. Cool. It really is. It's fun to do, especially if you have a student that, uh, you know, is interested and is showing some progress and does put the time in on the uh, practice routine, but uh, it can be uh, it could be torturous. Could you tell <laughs> I was interested? It could be a torture. Like if you have somebody that's really not into it, and the parents think that you know they should do the, the lessons, and yeah, well, may, maybe not. Could you tell you know? I was interested when drumming when oh I was like thirteen? Really, you're a monster. I'm serious, really. Man. Anything I told you to do, you would do that, and then beyond. You were obsessed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, it was funny because I remember a friend, mutual friend, um, told me that you took le- he took lessons with you. So I said, you know what, I want to pick up six and drum. And then I started, and I came over for a lesson. I was like, Cheech, this guy sounds like a cool guy. And you were just so humble and so patient with me in the beginning. However, I think it was like after I got my drum set for sure. You gave me a CD and you're like, I want you to listen to the CD and when CDs were a thing, I want you to listen to the CD and I want you to tell me what you think. And prior to that, I'm listening to like Breaking Benjamin, Lincoln Park, Sublime, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got hooked on that CD you gave me. 
And then what did I give you? You gave and then well, you gave me three shirts for sweet revenge. And you said, this is my son. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? And then you were like, dude, they're playing a show at the Susquehanna Bank when it was the Susquehanna Bank. Now it's BB&T Amphitheater. And you were like, you want to come you want to come to the show? I was like, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Let's go. So I, that, that dude, that, that drove me, man. Like the passion that those guys have as a single family. I mean, that... That's inspiration, inspirational in general. But how um, how was that show, the reunion show at the Shrine up in California, the uh, the Shrine Expo Hall? I'm sure everybody was there. Yeah, there, there was a lot, a lot of celebrity-type people there, too, you know, and the, the place was jam-packed. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. That was, that was something to see, really was. And especially, you know, those guys being the center of attention and everything. It was really, really cool. They really did it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was some show. You, know? you didn't do any crowd This happened. <laughs> they were supposed to be in Australia, New yeah. Zealand, mm-hmm. Japan. Matter of fact, he was going to take the kids and his family out there to Japan. And uh, they got permission from the school to let him out of school and everything. They did all that stuff. And uh, the corona... Yeah. Virus hit and uh, everything changed. It crept up on us. Hopefully the, yeah. the the national tour is still on. I mean, for September, I already got. Luckily, I got my tickets for the September show up in uh, New Jersey. So I don't. I don't. I'm hoping the pandemic would probably die down uh, within the beginning of summer. If that, they just cancel school uh, statewide in Pennsylvania, so the kids aren't going back to school. But you didn't yeah. crowd surf at that show, though. You didn't. You didn't crowd surf at all, or do anything crazy. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I just hung out in the parents' lounge. Yeah, the parents' lounge. I just hung out the parents' green room and such. Yeah, it was fun, man. We had a good time. He rented a house uh, for us, and then, what a knocked-out place, man. We had a good time. It's crazy. We went to Pop Springs after that, and uh, and we partied there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good vacation. I mean, it's it's your you and your father who I was honored to be taught by and even Frank, you guys have all the same you guys have all the same uh passion and drive. You guys don't stop, man. Like even when MCR wasn't a thing for a little bit, Frank was doing multiple projects as well as you were also, you know, drumming, teaching, being involved with a lot of things. I I it's got to be in the genes, man. It's got to be in the jeans. Yeah, you know, watching my father play and seeing how happy he looked when he was playing was was really something to to watch. You, you could tell he was he was so deep into playing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, my son is the same. Mm-hmm. He has that passion for sure. But so do you, though, because of the fact that you've obviously worked with a plethora of you know industry professionals i mean i let's see how good my memory is with all the stories you told me you ready so i think you 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 also you work with santana john lennon taught john lennon's son if i'm not mistaken so Mm -hmm. yeah you were doing a lot of those a lot of those um those gigs uh you were you were best friends with buddy rich you guys used to go to yankees games and such like yeah yeah buddy yeah that relationship was um, hey don't forget i played with tiny tim Come on, people. Yeah. <laughs> I actually forgot about that one. 
Oh, jeez. No, but I mean, like, it's just a work ethic, and you, your passion obviously fueled me, and now I'm doing a podcast, which is cool because I want to kind of bring the light to uh, any industry in general, regardless to music or um, a profession through somebody because if one person can view this video or this podcast or listen to it however they take up the content they can learn something from it or it just gives them that extra boost or help then the job's been done i just love having the normal conversation with anybody so it's just like i had a person who was like oh kevin lyman from the last podcast we had they he gave me some good tips on you know local bands making sure that they're ready for labels, managers, whatever. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, that's where I learned most of my stuff was from you. I, I trust me, I still brag about you. Like, if it wasn't for you, man, that music business would not be inside my head at all. We did have some good times. And, uh, you know, I think the times we got together transcended just the drumming and the and the right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left deals, you know. Mm-hmm. Talked about what, what the business was like. And I emphasize that all the time with you. There's the music, and there's the music business, and one has nothing to do with the other. No, never. And that stuck with me for years. But it worked out because, I mean, with what I've learned over the years uh, with Poeta, we started with our debut album, gradually grew. We were on the Warped Tour for 2017 for 11 days, sponsored by Skull Candy. So if that, and that insight of the business came from you and how you kind of molded me into that kind of figure. So you learned that at an early age, I'm sure, from not only your father, but for working in the industry because you used to tell me these stories where you used to go not door to door in New York and knock and try to you know get a gig in. And then eventually you got uh, a gig with um, being a staff drummer for Record Plant Studios, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, just knock on doors. I was trying to get like any kind of gig. Yeah. Anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of uh, balls, as they would say. I would go to places like I had no business being there. But I mean, I I went there, knocked on the doors, and uh, got rejected a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't find my way, you know. Mm-hmm. One thing led to another. You talk to somebody, you make a contact, and you get in any kind of gig. I was playing with Michael Carney and and uh, Lee Evans orchestras, um, traveling all over all over the place, playing some high society kind of gigs, mm-hmm. and, and playing these blues gigs and and anything. Played anywhere I could play, and you know one thing led to another and. Uh, I got a gig with Modern Drummer Magazine. I started to uh, to write for them, and uh, they made me associate editor and, and worked for them for a while. Met a lot of people through that gig, and uh, and then went to Record Plant Recording Studios, and they uh, needed a uh, like a manager, you know, there uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and they had an in-house record label called Hologram Records, and uh, I was a staff drummer there also. Yeah. I played a lot of a lot of recordings. You know? Did you, you probably met so many people in and out of that studio. Uh, you know what they, I mean? The top of the recording industry then. Mm-hmm. Then. Right. Then, like the studio musician was the king of New York. 
<laughs> no, not really, man. You can win, do a session in the morning, do something else to office work, and do a session in the afternoon, go to another studio, go play at night, play an after-hours club, <laughs> back in, trying to do your game like man. Like you're burning the candle at both ends, but it was a lot yeah, of fun. But that's that's so cool, though. And unfortunately, it's not like that anymore. I watched um, a documentary a friend sent to me on Netflix. I believe it was called Higher Gun. And it was about touring studio musicians in the modern day. And they followed, I think, three or four people. I mean, very, very good careers. Some of them had unfortunate situations where I believe it was – I uh, don't quote me on this. Anybody's watching. But I believe it was Billy Joel – um, who got screwed over in the industry and he, by management, and like he fired all of his touring musicians, and they were his, they were his musicians for a long time. So it was just like, you know, it is a risk, but at the same time, um, it can be a very successful thing if you keep putting yourself into it. Also, someone's got a question for you, my dude. Um, what advice do you have for a musician who's interested in getting into teaching? You know, legit teaching mm. on, on this percussion instrument, this multiple percussion instrument, uh, if you are going to teach at uh, higher level institution, they mm-hmm. want you to come up with a... Uh, uh, like some kind of platform or some kind of uh, uh, like agenda for what the next step is. Yeah, like, you know, like from... From beginning to intermediate to advanced lessons, and I did do that for mm-hmm. different institutions that I worked for. But my whole thing was just whatever we start talking about. It kind of led to the subject that I uh, would feel applied to the drum set, you know. And uh, so it was very free, you know. But although we did get a lot of uh, important information in the lessons, you know, but I, I wasn't into like lesson one, this is page one, page two, this is lesson two, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it was, wasn't that, uh, the curriculum wasn't that strict for me. Mm-hmm. That's you good know, though. Because you took lessons. With, yeah, with obviously. You know, yeah. We were just like, we covered a lot of ground though, we really did. Um, but as, as far as like to prepare for this, I would just go and hear a lot of different drummers and listen to a lot of different music and study a lot of different ways of playing. Um, there's so many different uh, genres in in the percussion instrument mm-hmm. that you can follow. Uh, Latin and Dixieland and jazz and and, and a lot of different rock grooves to, to uh, try to draw from. And I think that all comes comes out in your your playing and your style what you've uh have accomplished and what you've sought out in your learning you know mm-hmm. uh, whether it's um being a uh, marching drummer mm-hmm. or avant-garde jazz player you know so there's a lot of different ways of approaching that uh that goal to you know, be a good teacher, I think. Yeah, because like every student's going to be different for sure. I've uh, the two students that I have now. I mean, if they do become to a intermediate to advanced level, I know I would definitely send them on their way. Due to um, me from my studies, I 
I have up into that intermediate level. So I know that I wouldn't just pull the kids, you know, strings and arms and be like, and try to, you know, like improvise on it. But like, I would definitely send them out. But as well as each kid has a different taste. So the one student is huge into pop music, like Taylor Swift, 21 Pilots. So I'm basically wrapping my, you know, head around how he wants to play those songs or those kinds of beats. You know what I mean? Like your quarter mm-hmm. notes, your 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 four fours. I'm not really getting into three fours yet with him, but um, I'm sure he's a pretty quick learner. Um, I and it's 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 extremely refreshing to do it um but your studies like they've gone like through the roof i mean i remember you telling me you sat down and you started really studying um charts and writing out your own music and then you also uh gave me a a bunch of lessons on writing my own music which i still do to this day you know even on a computer but i like handwriting it for sure yeah it's good to get the classics down it's all fun man. sure is yeah you know you never work a day in your life if you do something you love. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I personally wanted to do the touring thing. That was the inspiration, man. Like, when I saw, you know, MCR Live, I was 13 years old. The energy was there. And I said, I want to do that. I want to be in a band where I feel like it's a family. I want to, I wanna, you know, invest original music. I never wanted to be, you know, doing – I did covers in a sense, but it was just – a lot of pressure so i kind of just like took a step back but um poeta did it and poeta's still doing it and thankfully we've built great relationships from it um people have been reaching out like when's the next you know when's the album coming out i was like you know it'll it'll come out and um yeah i i never i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't see myself um not playing drums at all in general like i have a cover gig now where we play a couple a couple cover uh yeah, feature nights, cover band nights. We're trying to do weddings. It's a little rough, but we're getting there. Um, yeah, and it's it's all an experience. But if you, if you keep playing and like you get a little bit of you know dough in your pocket to support not only what you're doing, but for you know if you can make a living off of it, there it's that's fantastic. Like, listen, George, you're a good player, man. And, thanks, and man. You studied. No, you are, and you, and and you studied, and and you're good at your craft. So why wouldn't you? want to play even if it's a wedding or even if it's a, if you're playing in a parade or if you're playing music at a ra- rodeo or <laughs> no matter, you know what I mean yeah and I did all those things you know so I'm saying why not why yeah. not play I'd rather do that than maybe do some other kind of job mm-hmm. any kind of job I'd rather play yeah and I the people I play with we work so well together so I have that um I have that relationship that's great because sometimes it can go wrong. We, I actually get, get this, dude. I had a whole wedding band in my living room, and we need like like horns, all guitars, me, three vocalists, whatever. And it was a little rough in the beginning. Only two people had the experience of doing it, <laughs> and basically everybody dropped out besides this one um vocalist named julia so she kind of stuck by my side let's let's go find musicians like this is ridiculous because she's been doing it for a while she has the experience mm-hmm. everybody else hasn't so they kind of just got you know i guess flustered <laughs> they were like exhausted it was overwhelming mm-hmm. for them so they're like i don't i don't know if i want to do this or some some other like, some of the other musicians had a lot of other things on their plates so i totally respect that but yeah playing those cover gigs i mean you know our set 15, 20 minute break, hour set. That's fun, man. You just don't stop. <laughs> yeah, you gotta play. 
Yeah. Yeah, and you're and you um you were always playing those gigs. Uh, like I want to say, like for the past five ten years, you were playing a lot of cover gigs. I think I mean I went to I wasn't twenty one, but I went to one of those restaurants that was twenty one over. You were playing a jazz set. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's phenomenal, man. Like the guys that you work with and your chops. Oh, man. That just melts my ears when I hear that stuff. It's so good. It's so good. You've you've done it for so long. It's just like you. It's like putting butter on toast, man. It's the easiest thing, you know. It's, it's the easiest thing to do. Um, do you have plans of gigging after the quarantine is done? Because I know you try your best to get those opportunities. I you know I probably will, but I I don't want to go out and um, try to solicit to try to get gigs anymore uh myself and i used to do that and some of the bands that i did that with i had them working for days upon nights upon days upon nights and i'm i'm talking about we were making some money you know Mm -hmm. but i mean i the dealing with club owners and things like that i can't get next to that anymore i don't want to be a booking agent you know Mm -hmm. i i just want to play now and uh so I'd rather do the, the, uh, the studio work, what I'm doing, and uh, just play for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go out on tour anymore. I'm old now, you know what I mean? <laughs> Stop, so, dude. You don't look a day over you know, 40, I can man. Still, Come on. I can still, let me tell you something. Go ahead. During this time, between me and you, mm-hmm. nobody else is listening, right? No, no way. It's just us. Trust me. <laughs> I've been practicing. And practicing and playing mm-hmm. and playing and practicing and playing, and I'm starting to get good. <laughs> ridiculous! What do you mean you're starting to get good? You've been good I for the I, longest time. I think I'm getting better. Do you feel better? A little bit better? Oh, jeez! I mean, you know, I I, I believe you. But I believe you. Just you know, I'm gonna have when this is done and over with. I'll have to come over and we'll we'll see how good you got. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll put I you to the test or that. something. Yeah. I don't, no, no, no. Now you come over anytime. Man. <laughs> I know I miss you, and it's it's. Fr- I think that's the one thing when you involve yourself in an industry like that. Um, you make a lot of sacrifices, and it's you know I would talk to you probably once in a blue moon, unfortunately, um, and then I keep you updated, and you keep me updated, and like we just go either have a drink down the street or just. Just kind of, you know, touch up where we just left off and nothing really feels like it changed. So that's, I think that's just the one thing people have to take into consideration. Like, remember I used to tell you? I think that that uh, just was something that we felt, you and I, we were friends, like, right away. You know what I mean? And And it made the lessons comfortable. And we had a good time when we got together so yeah i would sure like to do that again let's go out and have a drink yeah we'll go we'll We'll talk about this whole thing some more i'll be driving yeah no and it's crazy i've never um i just i just put my foot to the gas pedal and just floored it you know and um it it's just one of those things that you have to take into consideration like it's just it's i remember i used to tell you i used to tell this to the bands all the time like you want to be broke do you want to have five different jobs do you want to be starving well then, you can be in an original band, so let's do it. And then if like they kind of hesitate, I'm like, no, nah, they're not ready. <laughs> they're not yeah, ready. That sounds great to me. Yeah, dude, it did. I, I'm crazy. Like I'm, I am psychotic. Like once I saw, you know, especially when you're a teenager, you see bands, you watch their documentaries, you you watch how they struggle. I mean, even Lincoln Park, like that was just, you know, they were getting tickets every day outside of their studio when they were recording. So it's just like, and they were broke, and they were like at each other's throats. Like that's 
how you do it. You, you fight for it until, you know, until the tank is empty. And then if the tank is empty, you, you push the car. You know what I mean? You don't stop. You just keep going. So that's a lot of things that I, right. these, these musicians, some of them really have. I see it in their, I see it in their eyes. Um, and some of them just don't, uh, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just one of those things that like, if you don't, if like, if you do it for a hobby and you thoroughly enjoy it, yeah, it's fine. But like, if, if you want to be in an industry of music and make a living out of it, they have to understand just people in general. Like it's, it's a lot of passion, fight, drive. And you, you show, you gave me so many examples and I knew it wasn't going to be easy and I'm still, you know, thankfully in it, um, with my, um, friends, uh, well, let me tell you something. I, I mean, I saw the passion colleagues. that you had, and I really treated you like I did my son. Mm. I told you, don't do it. Don't do it. And I still did it. <laughs> don't do it? <laughs> still did it. You know what's don't, crazy? Don't do it. No. Sorry. I know. You know what, man? That universe like tra- treated you so well because you – I remember you telling me you, you got the opportunity to possibly join KISS and then Frank was born. And you made that decision on yourself. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, hang with my family and my son and raise him, which is amazing. And the universe totally rewarded that. And they are a multi-platinum, you know. There was, hit, a, lot thankfully. Of, there was a lot of things that nobody knows about that, that made me make that decision. True, very true. And Not even I. Some very, very personal things that that I was going through that I just couldn't do that mm-hmm, for sure yeah uh, absolutely that's for me to know and for you to find out <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah I, I yeah i just had to do what i did so no that's great though i mean and then you know he he's done so much he still will keep doing it you will still keep doing it um anything musically it's it's a non-stop process it's an it's an it's a love it's a passion so we won't Anybody that's watching or listening to this, like, none of us are stopping anytime soon. So, just um, just keep looking out, man. Just keep looking out. Um, so what what I, I I keep like reminiscing on a lot of the videos that you showed me. You showed me a good amount of Gene Krupa. You showed me a good amount of Buddy Rich for sure. That was because your first beat that you, you gave me was um, Swing 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 Group. And that evolved into, you know, and that's not an easy groove to play when you're like starting out to learn. And it, I think I picked it up in like, let's say, like a couple lessons. Um, and then you showed me, buddy, like what, like how was that relationship with him, man? Because I know you tell me so, some stories like going to Yankees games and such, but I mean, you guys, I'm sure, work together on a lot of different projects in a sense, right? Well, we did a few projects, but we were like friends mm-hmm. and um, I was with modern drummer at the time and uh, buddy is like was probably the biggest name drummer you could find to have on your cover mm-hmm. of your magazine so if you if you were a drumming magazine mm-hmm. and uh, so I met buddy through some people that I went uh, to see him play. I was with these people from the Professional Percussion Center in Manhattan, and I was teaching there. And so we went, we all went as a group. And then the second time uh, I went, I took my dad with me, and we were sitting with Mel Lewis and all these like other famous drummers and stuff. And my father was like sitting there, and he was like all 
happy and I'd introduced him to, to Buddy because I had <laughs> met Buddy a few times. That's amazing, <clears throat> man. And uh, my father was kind of uh, proud of that. But then, then Buddy and I started hanging out. And I wanted to, uh, to do another interview with him with Modern Drummer. Mm-hmm. So we set up this thing uh, where I was going to go meet him at his apartment. He was off the road. And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking this is what happened. Jesus. So anyway, so I'm hanging out with Buddy and I had to go back to the office. And I th- was thinking, you know what would be pretty cool? I'm going to send him some coffee ice cream. Because we sat, he and I, he had nothing in the house to eat. He said, Cheech, you want some coffee ice cream? I hate coffee ice cream, really. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I said, oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, all right. Let's have some more coffee ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so he pulls out this coffee ice cream, and we had the coffee ice cream, and it was hot. It was hot. And um, so anyway, so that day when I left there, his air conditioning unit went out. And the whole the whole building, the uh-huh. air conditioning building, the the air conditioner went out in the whole building. Yeah, right? the whole complex, yeah. And it was really, really hot in his apartment. So I'm just thinking to myself, you know what would be nice? I'll send him some coffee ice cream. So I called all over Manhattan and found this place that would deliver ice cream. No way. And I got this big five-gallon thing <laughs> and had it sent to his house. Now, in his apartment, he's got all this white furniture and white uh, fur rugs. He's all white, all... Beautiful and nice. He's a gangster. So <clears throat> they send the coffee ice cream to his apartment. Nobody's home. Of course. He went, he went back out on the, on the road doing something. I don't know. He, nobody's in the house or the apartment. <clears throat> so this jerk leaves the coffee ice cream in front of his door. They had it in this dry ice. Yeah. But they, he leaves the coffee ice cream in front of the door. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> The air conditioning goes out and melts and seeps under the door and ruins the fuzzy fur white carpet in the front. So the next day, I'm I'm in Modern Drummer's office and the phone rings and I'm I'm out of my office doing something. I don't know what I'm doing. But gets the, they get the phone call. Right, exactly. Cheech, Jesus there's Christ. a phone call for you. No, I'm out of my office. There's yeah. a phone call for you. I said, oh, yeah. Who is it? It's Buddy Rich. <laughs> You're in fucking trouble, dude. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll be, I'll be right back. I'll, I'll take it in my office. <laughs> so I go, go in my office. I figure, I'm going to put this on speaker. <laughs> Jesus. I can pick it up. Hello? It's Buddy on the phone, right? Who's this? I said, it's Cheech. Buddy, it's Cheech. You fucking asshole! <laughs> you know what this did? <laughs> he had such a temper in your pants, shit in your pants. Like, oh no, like, what do you like, mean? What do you mean? What did uh, I do? What do you mean? All the ice cream melted in all of my garbage! What? Did you 
would you do? I would have. I my heart would have sank, man. I'm trying to push the. I would. <laughs> push the button. <laughs> oh, just to stop it. Oh Ooh, my god! Can't do that. <laughs> no way, really, Jesus! No, my god, man. That's and he had such a temper with his band. I mean, let alone oh, just yeah. like. Listen to some of those bus tapes. I did. I did. He's screaming. Yeah, like this was, I mean, like I every once in a while I do now, but back in the day, I'm like, man, this guy really knows what he wants. And he's like, you were supposed to be on key on this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm shitting my pants. Like, and I'm not even, yeah, I mean, I'm not even in front of the guy. So, oh my God, I would have, I would have freaked out. That dude. <laughs> so you guys became best friends. So that's that's the story of you guys became okay, best friends. We remain good friends after that. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Oh my god. We used to go make the games together and stuff. I, buddy was all right with me. He he really was. <laughs> I would have I would have lost it. That's like you know I when I interviewed Kevin Lyman the other day I. Listen, like I, this is like us normal conversating all the time. And like, granted, I love Kevin Lyman. He's done so much for the industry. I was so nervous and like a little way i was like he's been asked so many questions like all the same questions so i really have to dig in and see like what he's up to but the one thing i did like he's doing this thing called 320 festival uh with uh Tlinda, uh bennington who is uh chester bennington's um widow so it and they and they tackled mental health and it was like a huge festival and they were gonna do more um upcoming in may so i'm gonna definitely look out for that unfortunately the quarantine is putting that back a little bit but he, dude, when I met him for the first time, we were playing uh, Knockout at one of the barbecues. It was like day two of our 11-day tour. <laughs> he just starts, starts showing up. We're a little drunk, just drinking and stuff. And fucking, he shows up and everybody's like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, hey. And just like fucking starts like beating us in Knockout. Like, this is my tour. This is like, not like that, but like he just showed up, hung out, and then like left. I was like, oh, my God. Like, did you see us play? How'd you, how'd you feel about us? Uh, it was crazy. So it's cool to be a part of that alumni. And you know what's crazy? I didn't. I don't know if you know this. So, 2018 was the 25th anniversary. In 2005, they were the only two dates in Warped Tour history where they made um, profit off the ticket sales alone. And MCR was on that in 2005. So it was like them, Paramore, Katy Perry, yeah. like a, like, a, like a huge lineup. And that was when the industry just started just going like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy and like unfortunately for him he's he's he was saying the community's not there anymore so he kind of shut it down but at least i can well, that's a shame you know yeah he's working on a bunch of other projects so it, thankfully he's an entrepreneur of many other things you know wears a lot of hats um so yeah, you've been so. teaching i have i've been teaching a couple students yeah and i and i thoroughly enjoy it um uh, I, it's, I'm very patient with them. I, I'm doing bi-weekly with both of them. I wish mm-hmm. it was weekly because I feel like it would be easier to kind of mold how they're learning some of the techniques I'm teaching them. Um, however, they have other things going on. So I think once they hit like a teenage year, I think their parents are going to say, Hey, do you want to do this every week? Because they're mm-hmm. super, they're getting into it, but they're, they're, they're so smart. They just like pick it up immediately yeah. kind of yeah. like how you were able to you and i had that connection immediately you teach me something and i involved into something else like once i started learning jazz i just i just and once we got a double remember we got a double bass pedal in that big room that changed mm-hmm. everything yeah. man like that changed everything sure um, did, yeah. yeah i thoroughly enjoy it though um and talking about the 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 swing patterns and stuff that we were doing i think if, if you 
capture that triplet feel, mm. that rounded eighth note feel, rather than just the straight eighth notes, one and two and three and four, you get the one, the two, the three, the, that could, that's the feel of that rolling triplet of the, of the swing. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, and it, it makes it a little bit more of a, a groove in a sense instead of you know very straightforward. I, um, th I that's how I was able to like uh, take advantage of my accents, like with my ghost notes when I would mm -hmm. do them on the andas, um, one, two, and a three, and a four. I just do um, uh, double ghost notes, and I usually hit. I always hit my snare on the one. Um, mm -hmm. but when I do the double ghost notes, it kind of, it kind of embraces that feel entirely. And it, and it makes some cool stuff. I did that on the Poeta album. Um, I did a lot of things that you taught me on the Poeta album, kind of just as like a, as a way of like, you know, making sure this debut album would be pretty cool, which it, which it was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so, it's so, it's so heartwarming to have these kids learn. They're so interested in it. And the one kid is like, he plays violin now and piano and I'm like, yeah, you just do whatever you want, man. Like, <laughs> literally, just do whatever you want. Like, that's so cool. I I couldn't be able to do that. I don't think I would have the patience for. I needed that. I needed that mentor like aspect, thankfully, because that that's how I learn. Like, usually in trade jobs that I go through, I always need that one on one, hands on. Uh, I don't know. That's just how I learn. This is one of those things. Um, you always had a a um, a vision of of doing uh, broader things. Like, like we remember talking about the um, the music and and having uh, different people play on the, the, like the podcasts and things that you were talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah. That you idea. Guys playing on there too. Yeah, that's going to come to fruition very soon. I mean, this is this is the beginning of what I want to like have it uh, imagined because eventually it will grow into something where other people are playing on it. I don't know. Like, it's just going to be a whole. I remember what we talked about where. Some ideas that got sent out to the universe, they kind of like came up with it. Oh, well, I now I'm already starting to implement it in this, but once mm -hmm. I actually get a foundation and invest a little bit of money into it, then yeah, for sure. But this is like something cool, educational um, for anybody who really wants to learn that, you know, and just have a good time with it. Like uh, this quarantine thing has really put people under, um, some That's people under thing. a lot of stress and, and mm -hmm. anxiety. So, you know, if this if, if an episode is able to kind of calm them down or like kind of like relate or something like that, I, I totally feel that because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts just to like try to make me laugh and just like get out of my own like because I'm in the house or I just go to work and I have to come home. I can't can't go hang out with my friends. Like, you guys want to go to a bar? No, you can't go to a bar. You can't you can't go bowling. I don't know. Like just something. Like, oh, we can't play gigs. Like that's the thing. Like I haven't jammed with anybody, dude, in like. Oh, yeah. like a month. And it's killing mm -hmm. me. Like I don't mind playing with my in-ears that I have in now, but it's not the same as like jamming with my friends and stuff. So yeah, it's right. something crazy. But um, you have a couple lessons today, so I don't want to keep you. I don't want to keep you. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get going. But listen, yeah. man, I'm want to thank you for letting me be a part of this. This was a blast for me just to get together with you and see you again Dude, on the screen. We're gonna be seeing each other as soon as this quarantine is over, and I'll give you a call this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll just keep each other up to date. But I miss you, man. I love you. I mean, this if this love if this wasn't if, if this wasn't for you, mom and your family. You too, man. And Tell Debbie I said hi. Sure. Have Frank, have Frank and the kid and the kids. You know, hopefully they're all, everybody's doing well. But yeah, man, like this, this is all because of you, man. So I'm just gonna keep going with this, and uh, 
we're we're gonna see some cool things coming up. So I appreciate you, brother. The, the phenom, Stop. right there. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, brother. I'm All trying, brother. Right, brother. All right, man. Don't be a stranger, okay? Absolutely not, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right brother. Take care. Over and out. See ya.